Welcome to the Cleveland Orchestra's On a Personal Note, where we explore the many ways music shapes our lives. In difficult situations or moments of sheer joy, music connects us with our humanity. I'm Paul Cushis, section cello player in the Cleveland Orchestra, and now in my 26th season. The music I'd like to feature today is uh, Strauss' Death in Transfiguration and the Strauss' Four Last Songs. Well, there is a, a moment from a tour. It was... Uh, probably in late uh, August, early September one year, where we were going to be leaving Salzburg and going to Lucerne. As it turned out, I was rotated off a performance of Rusalka, and it left a couple of days in between those two destinations. So... I casually mentioned to Franz maybe six months before, my wife and I were looking at the map and we thought, wouldn't that be cool to go to St. Moritz? And he started wagging his finger um, the way he does sometimes when we need some, some help in rehearsal. And he said, no, 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 you don't want to do that. You want to go to this town nearby called Pontresina. And I said, well, that'd be great. Well, he proceeded to tell me about this place that turns out to be this just magical place on the planet where all around you, the mountains rise up to a glacier. And then way down in the valley, you can hear and see this blue river just winding through there. And he said, this is the place where Strauss was living when he wrote the four last songs which I think was in 1948, perhaps, the year before he died. And these songs are this incredible distillation of his harmonic language. Uh, They're not long. They're very concentrated and emotionally impactful. Franz was busy conducting the performances of Rosalka, which precluded him from joining us there in Switzerland. But uh, he was super specific. He told us what train to take to the border of Switzerland. He told us to indeed go to Switzerland and then rent a car. He told us not to get kind of hosed by... Uh, the taxi driver in the town taking us from the train station to where the rental car would be. We, we had this incredible drive. He had told us exactly where to go. Uh, you find yourself driving partway across the country and then winding your way up in these sort of concentric circles up this mountain. And finally you get up to this altitude with the town Pochacina. He told us about this particular hotel. 
which was where Strauss and his wife were living. He told us which side of the hotel we should try to get. And he told us the specific room that they were living in at the time. And it all sounded like great information. And so as we looked at it online, it all made sense. And this is exactly what we did. So we find ourselves at this, this hotel. We fling open the, these windows and we, all of a sudden we were just immersed in this unbelievable view. So we just knew that we we're going to enjoy this place. We had made uh, dinner reservations there in the hotel. We got ready for dinner, went downstairs, elevator door opens. And we hear these sounds coming out from part of the lobby. And it turns out the town band is having a concert there. And then they were going to have dinner at the hotel afterward. And there were maybe, oh, you know, a dozen players in this band. And the whole experience was great because they were horrible. Just, like, absolutely horrible. Heidi... My wife, who's a flute player who sometimes plays with us, she got off the elevator and she heard this. And within seconds, she had to go back to the room. <laughs> she was crying. She, she kept like, even during dinner, she kept sort of wiping the tears away under her eye. And it wasn't so much that it was pleasant to hear sort of inadequate playing but it was the way that the players interacted with each other and the way that they interacted with the conductor and the obvious pride and sort of power that that conductor felt about having this town band. It just was tremendous. And then we enjoyed watching them interact with each other and just like we have at the Cleveland Orchestra after concerts, there's this ritual relaxation. There's, there's tension involved in, in playing. And so it was just the very best entertainment that we could have to see these players of somewhat modest ability still having that exact same experience that we have. I mean, this was just a magical night. As a young man, Strauss had this period of time where he was experiencing a ton of success, and he started writing these tone poems 
Death and Transfiguration was one of them, following a poem that, that uh, he knew and loved very well. But he was a very young man, and this poem had to do with the arc of life. And this has always fascinated me, that somebody at that point in their life, like Strauss did with Death and Transfiguration, could be able to musically sketch out his vision of somebody's life from beginning to end. And not only what that would be in terms of activities, but how their views on the world around them, and especially of themselves, their own thinking, learning what's meaningful to them, and, and really embracing those things by the end of your life. It, it's a remarkable feat for a young person. The advantage Strauss had by the time he was writing the four last songs, he had this distillation of his harmonic language. It didn't take him 20 minutes to illustrate what he was thinking. It's more spare, it's condensed, and yet there'll be this incredible spectrum of, of sound. And for me, it's really about the way that the harmony moves, the way that like really good food, like an entire meal will appeal to us. So what I find in this music with these sort of bookend moments of the death and transfiguration in the four last songs created by this same person are essentially the same view but from at different points in their life. And I just appreciate that somebody was actually confronting this in themselves through their composition and then offered it out there so that we can all enjoy it. So the conversation about this trip, we're now uh, towards the end of the tour. We're in Lucerne, Switzerland. We had a morning rehearsal. At the break of that rehearsal, Franz walks up to me at the break and he says, so, Paul, how was Pontresina? <laughs> and it just shocked me because this is a guy that routinely has a lot on his plate. So... I started, as you can imagine, with all of these stories about the place and the band. And of course, he was fascinated with, with the band and the conductor. Um, it, we just re really had a great conversation about this. He's like, it was really bad. <laughs> and he, he started doing his, his sort of like cat with fur balls laugh, his <laughs> thing. And he's like, how bad was it? <laughs> In some ways, recounting the whole thing that quickly after the trip to somebody who knew exactly what I was talking about 
because he is the person that designed the whole trip for us. It really was just a great pleasure. And I really was surprised. I told him, how did you possibly remember that? And he sort of laughed. He says, well, you know, I forget nothing. <laughs> and I said, you know, if this conducting thing doesn't work out, you'd make one hell of a travel agent. To which he said, I know. That was Paul Kuschus talking about the works of Richard Strauss. For Paul, it's a souvenir of an unforgettable trip to Switzerland. And you can go on a journey with us right now without even needing to pack your bags. Death and Transfiguration, recorded in 2016, is coming up next. Follow us at clevelandorchestra.com slash podcast. <laughs>